Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises to manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Weiss. Hey, guys. Hey, hello, everyone out there. We are certainly excited to be on the show with you today. We're uh, looking forward to any comments you send in to live at Manufacturing Talk Radio, sorry, live at mfgtalkradio.com. Before we get to our guest, Mr. Brad Holcomb from the Institute of Supply Management, let me give you a quick postscript from last week's show, which was with Phil Peronicus, Director of New Product Development at ThomasNet. And Phil was talking to us about B2B marketing, and specifically the areas that a business needs to pay attention to in its digital marketing. And, of course, the first of that was the website. And I think the real trick to the website these days, as everyone has heard of um, Google's changing algorithm, and that is to focus on expert content so that your organic rankings improve on Google, and also to work with an SEO company so they can help you on your pay-per-click. Those two components are really important to get your rankings up. And then the next piece was email marketing so that you can keep in touch with your customers. And I think his message there was email marketing is a great way to enhance the relationship exchanging bits and pieces of information, but it's not the real driver of the relationship. Oddly enough, the uh, old Bell telephone still seems to be the animal that you use to build rapport with your clients. So pick up the phone, reach out, and touch someone, as AT&T used to say. And then social media, with LinkedIn being the, the new leader for B2B marketing. Uh, also followed by Facebook, but LinkedIn, uh, it really is becoming a discussion tool for B2B marketing, and that's another component that you uh, should pay attention to. So with that, we want to uh, begin to speak with Brad Holcomb from the Institute of Supply Management. I know a few of you listening may have your fingernails dug into your desktops because we're looking at a drop in the ISM, and I'm no expert in the ISM. We certainly have enjoyed having Brad on the show, who can kind of help us to uh, dig into it and get an understanding of it. So today's show will be really potent. Brad, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, very, very nice to be here and uh, to be able to talk about, uh, let's say, an interesting January report. And I think we'll have the opportunity to, to dig in and to explain what 51.3 means relative to December. And so let's go. Well, I gosh, we sure appreciate it, Brad. Um, I know that uh, uh, Lou Weiss from All Metals and Forge Group, uh, All Metals and Forge Group is our sponsor, isn't here today. He may be off someplace tearing his hair out. Um, but I look forward to your explanation of, and you've probably answered it on Fox News or CBS News. So give us just a quick overview of the 51.3 before we start to drill down in the report itself. Yes. Um, the PMI in January registered 51.3, and that does indicate growth in manufacturing for the eighth consecutive month but it's down 5.2 percentage points from December. So we had growth in January over December, 
but at a lower rate than December over November. And we'll explain that more as we go along. But 51.3, again, represents growth in January and uh, continuing uh, on that trend. Okay, and why don't we talk about, I, I think the one that we saw drop the uh, the largest was new orders, Brad, that went from 64.4 to 51.2. Right. right, exactly. The PMI, once again, and, and I'll try to sneak up on these questions and, and answer them directly, but uh, just as a reminder, the PMI is comprised of the uh, five Submetrics, if you will, or supporting metrics, new orders, production, employment, supplier deliveries, and inventories of raw materials. Again, those five all equally weighted to comprise the PMI, uh, which now is at 51.3. But to your question of new orders, it is at 51.2, which again represents growth over uh, December, but it's down 13.2 percentage points in terms of the 51.2 being lower than December's number of 64.4. That, in fact, is the largest drop or change in the new orders uh, index since the 1980s. Uh, which may or may not be interesting, but it is interesting also that it's the last, in the last four years in this recovery period, it's also, of course, the biggest drop. Nevertheless, 51.2 represents growth, uh, of in January over December, not just at the, the rates that we were seeing the last uh, five to six months of 2013. And do you have any sense in, in uh, gathering information from your 350 respondents to your survey? Uh, why why that drop? What triggered it? Did you get any insight to that, Brad? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, yes. Uh, we get insights, um, but we don't have let's say, quantifiable inform information as far as, you know, this element affects it to this degree and so on and so forth. However, mm -hmm. I would I would refer folks to the comments that I list in the report from our panel, and several of them had pointed to the poor weather, uh, this, this Arctic uh, freeze, if you will, uh, record cold January in the last two decades as something that uh, definitely uh, slowed their businesses, slowed transportation, sometimes stopped trucking lanes. They were unable to deliver uh, raw materials and even finished goods. So the the weather uh, would would seem certainly to have been an impact. Uh, on inventories, for example, and we'll come back to that, but that went down three percentage points to 44. That's a rather low level and an unwelcome level, but we can definitely, in my mind, attribute that to, uh, to the weather. In fact, one of our comments from the plastics and rubber products uh, industry that we've ex is, is exactly this, as follows. 
We have experienced many late deliveries during the past week due to the weather shutting down truck lines. So of all of the comments that I list and, you know, many, many others that, uh, that we get point to the severe weather, I think okay. that uh, it, it also, uh, back to, you know, the, the, the PMI itself, is, as I said, is comprised of these five index. I, I made a reference just now to raw materials inventories being down. That certainly makes sense correlated to, to bad weather, but also this big drop in new orders. New orders um, can drop because of this bad weather as well because a number of businesses are just shut down during these uh, these cold days, and uh, particularly in the Northeast, Midwest, and with an inability to, to send and receive orders. So to what degree, we do not know. But the main thing is 51.2 in new orders and 51.3 in the PMI still represents growth, and that's a good thing. And I'm going to come back to how much growth in just a few minutes. Okay, so we're seeing an icing and chilling effect on the PMI at the moment, but it doesn't look like anybody should go up to the roof and jump. Um, how is uh, is that affecting production as well, and is it because people can't get to work and produce goods uh, or they can't get them out the door? Give us some, some feel for production. Yeah, you yeah. no, exactly. Well, you know, production at 54.8, again, above the 50 mark, but down 6.9 percentage points. Uh, I would attribute that to, to quote-unquote, snow days or Arctic vortex days and also related to what I was speaking about in raw materials inventories, an inability to get all of their inventories delivered, at least in a timely manner, uh, could have a, an effect on production directly. Okay. Now, I, I noticed you know, just before the show I caught a uh... – snippet from the radio someone saying that the dow is on a mild rally here because of the favorable employment numbers and i'm trying right. to get my head around the fact that um, even though we see some employment growth um, i'm not sure i get i'm not sure i have a feel for favorable employment numbers maybe you can give us some idea right, right. from your report here brad right right so our employment, um, you know, related to manufacturing is once again up over December, 52.3. It's been growing for the past seven months, uh, although it is, it is down in terms of the, the degree of growth or the rate of change from December by three and a half percentage points. And, and people do get confused about you know, they look at the change, the percentage change, but always remember that a number above 50 in the PMI or supporting indexes is a good thing. It represents growth over the previous month. Now, back to our employment, again, it's growing, but it's growing a little slower than December. Um, and in general, our employment number uh, you know, correlates uh, 
well with the Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, but you know, not it, there's no exact uh, correlation. Uh, and, and but in general, it would suggest that uh, employment numbers would be favorable as we see them over the next uh, couple of days. Now, having said all of that, you know, the employment in manufacturing is is one thing. You know, manufacturing, again, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a salt of the earth industry in the United States. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's historical in nature, but relative to uh, non-manufacturing these days it's it's a small it's a smaller component right? manufacturing and I think we've mentioned this on the show before is about 11 or 12 percent of US GDP and non-manufacturing or services is the rest so our numbers while they're up over 50 does mean that manufacturing is continuing to hire, continuing to fill open positions, but not at, you know, a, a really high rate, nor will it translate into uh, a lot of jobs in our particular sector. And, uh, you know, I hope that's somewhat helpful, but again, for manufacturing per se, employment is up uh, in January over December, and uh, that's a good thing. Well, I appreciate you mentioning uh, uh, the non-manufacturing. I was just looking at that report, and that report really is quite favorable this month. Uh, and since exactly. they're you know, 88, yes. 89% of the uh, economy, and your counterpart prepared that report, right. that looks pretty right. positive. That, that shows growth in um, you know, business activity and new orders and employment. All those numbers are up for non-manufacturing. Yes. Now, that... That leads me to uh, um, a, a very fresh topic as well. Uh, we, we saw an article that is we, ISM, saw an article on one of the economic websites from a particular individual uh, this week suggesting that, you know, the ISM manufacturing indexes, you know, weren't correlating very well uh, against, you know, certain other indexes that he was referencing and we took a look at that we felt a duty to respond and they also published our response which was which was very nice one of two two things that are in our response i'd like to mention okay one is that and this is relative to both the pmi and the nmi is that our survey, you know, had its first uh, appearance in 1931. And, you know, at that time there was very little economic data, so the survey was created using these diffusion index indexes to measure, measure change. It's a simple concept. We asked simple questions of our panel, such as, are new orders better, same, or worse than last month? And so they can answer in one of three ways. You know, the results are gathered, and we take all of the better responses and add one half of the same responses 
that sum the index, and that results in the diffusion index, which we publish. And the result is anything above 50 is growing, anything below 50 is contracting, and 50 equals a push. So it's in this simple way, it's possible to measure change, the direction, and the rate of change. And in terms of the rate of change, uh, here, here's an example. If the diffusion index was 55 in one month over the, the previous month, or just you know published as 55, that represents, and remember, 50 is the equal point. Right. 55 represents a 10% greater uh, situation when compared with the month before. In other words, 5 over 50 you know, is 10%. Mm-hmm. So in our case, back to uh, our most recent January numbers, 51.3, you know, that 1.3 over 50, that's going to be a 2.6% improvement in the PMI. The 51.2 in new orders is going to be a 2.4% increase in new orders in January relative to December. So these, these are ways to, to really understand our indexes, which are, are simple and unique in this marketplace of economic indicators. And we are well regarded as, you know, longstanding and in each month, essentially the first uh, set of metrics, which starts to provide some information about the, the state and direction of the U.S. economy. Oh, that's great. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, it's it's good for our listeners to know how this is put together. Uh, I want them to have a clear understanding of it, because I will tell you, in working with uh, All Metals and Forge Group uh, for many years, they have seen the ISM number as gospel. If the right. number went up, their business went up. If the number went down below 50, they were headed for troubled times. So... Right, right. It, it really has been gospel. Great. Perfect. So I mentioned there are two points in this response that I'd like to refer to. That was one. How, how do we create these diffusion indexes? What do they mean, et cetera? The other point that's made is that uh, we, we urge everyone to look at a number of economic indicators as they analyze their business and do, you know, projections and forecasts and other kinds of analysis, right? Certainly okay. take ours, the PMI. Take the NMI, which is published two days later. And that went from 53 to 54 and represents, uh, you know, about 88% of, of the U.S. economy. You know, pretty good stuff. So. Let's not be, you know, reacting to one particular thing or another. Let's take it for what it is, for how it's positioned in this um, potpourri of economic indicators, and 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 really, you know, strive to understand its meaning and its value, which in our case we believe is quite significant, broad and deep. 
Great. Okay, and Brad, we're going to break to a quick commercial, and we'll be back in about 90 seconds with Brad Holcomb of the Institute of Supply Management. Since we're talking about the Institute for Supply Management, let's mention that they're a not-for-profit educational association that serves more than 40,000 supply management professionals with over 150 affiliates in more than 90 countries. ISM's mission is simple. They're simply out to enhance the value and performance of procurement and supply chain management practitioners and their organizations worldwide. They do this through education, research, standards of excellence, and information dissemination. All this and more is available in their renowned ISM report on business and their manufacturing report, the PMI index, which we're discussing today. And all of this can be found at their website. Simply visit the ism.ws, ism.ws. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.com. And let's give a shout-out to our sponsor, All Metals and Forge Group. It's absolutely your best source for open-die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless, and tool steels, nickel, aluminum, titanium, copper, you name it, they do it. Just go to steelforge.com or send us your request for quote, steelforge.com. And now back to Tim as he digs into the ISM report with Brad Holcomb. The December number uh, being up at the 56.5, new orders 64.4. Was that reflective of uh, buying for the holiday season and, season and that's what spiked that number a bit? I'm sorry, I missed the. Uh, it clipped on the front end of your of the point that you just, uh, the question oh. you just asked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's. Uh, I, I just was asking if the December number that was up at uh, 56.5 and new orders at 64.4. I was wondering if those are reflective of uh, buying for the holiday season. Great question. The answer is no, uh, oh, because okay. we, no. It, you know that's a great answer too. <laughs> Every good question <laughs> deserves a good answer, uh, but we seasonalize. All of our uh, appropriate indexes, new orders, production, employment, and supplier deliveries uh, each January. So we've just gone through that exercise. And it takes out those normal seasonal effects like, you know, Christmas uh, and other holiday shop toward, towards the end of the year. Okay. And let's get into supplier deliveries because I know that, that happens to be a number that increased. Uh, despite the weather. Uh, can you give us some uh, feel for that, Brett? Yes. Yeah, and, and that that one, so you can correlate that to the weather as well. Supplier deliveries above 50 is a good thing. It went up a little bit, 0.6 percentage points over January to, as you said, 54.3. It means that supplier deliveries were slowing uh, faster than the previous month. And 
if you think about you know the weather impact um, as well as you know simply the uh, the run that we've had in manufacturing for the last several months, uh, supplier delivery slowing relative to the weather, uh, relative to some pretty brisk business, uh, makes sense. Suppliers are uh, having a harder time sort of catching up and keeping up. It represents tightness in the supply chain. And, you know, in this environment, we believe that that's a, a positive thing. So it's it's uh, added in a positive way to the PMI when it's above 50. Okay, and just to, to help me out here, Brad, uh, supplier deliveries really means deliveries to the manufacturer from their raw material suppliers? Correct, exactly, yes. I just wanted to be clear on that. Um, let's talk about inventories. You've mentioned that a couple of times, and you wanted to uh, get back to that. Please give us some idea, yeah. Brad, of how inventories are doing. Well, inventories are down, um, you know, the, the 50 point, you know, once again, is kind of where uh, supply chain managers like to keep things. Uh, not too much inventory, uh, not too little inventory. Uh, it's also a good way to, you know, manage costs to be at or maybe slightly below 50 in uh, in these interesting times. But to be at 44, uh, down three percentage points, that's you know somewhat somewhat surprising. And I certainly believe uh, weather related to, to some degree, uh, difficulty uh, of the suppliers, and we've mentioned supplier deliveries, you know, very much interrelated uh, metrics and has impacted our inventories. So I would I would expect that to go up uh, next month if we can, uh, you know, avoid these Arctic vortexes. Yes, I know uh, I Atlanta got I, shut down. I'm sorry, go ahead, Brad. Yeah, no, sorry. By the way, just as an aside, uh, when I went to bed last night, I went to, to bed uh, in my home in Dallas, Texas. When, when I woke up and looked outside, it was snowing and 20 <laughs> degrees. I thought I was transported back to my birthplace in northern Minnesota. Uh, it, it, it's hitting us everywhere. Yes, it certainly is. And, and I know uh, that Atlanta, you know, they were shut down for four days. And that's pretty unusual for the south and particularly Texas to be uh, struggling with weather. The northeast, you would expect it, but... You know, we'll see. Uh, right. We'll see how that uh, right. pans out right. next month. Now, yeah. um, now, just to, to connect a couple of dots quickly, and, uh, sure. You know, seasonalization. You asked about you know customer orders in December and so on. We, we would also take out normal winter effects. Okay, but this is a very abnormal January. And so we'll see a more dramatic impact uh, due to this particularly cold, uh, record cold uh, January. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, and it has been record cold every place. Customer inventories um, at mm -hmm. 44, too low. I find that interesting. We always kind of watch right. 
inventories and customer inventories because we think there's got to be pent-up demand somewhere in that pipeline. Can you give us some insight on that, Brad? Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, and that's that's really one of the reasons that we, we track that. Um, and we regard anything below 50 the way the, the index and the related questions are, are put together. Anything below 50 is too low and, as you said, uh, has, represents, you know, kind of a vacuum or a propensity on the part of customers to restock and reload anytime it gets uh, below that 50 mark. So 44 is, uh, you know, it's a relatively no, low number, and I think uh, also impacted by what weather and trucking lines, because, uh, you know, it is specifically mentioned that, uh, you know, trucking lines were shut down either to deliver raw materials on one end of the factory or deliver customer finished goods on the other end. Mm-hmm. Now, I see that's a 26-month trend. Uh, I, I guess I have to ask myself the question, if I have my inventories too low month after month after month, don't I run out at some point? Um, well, if it was – so these, again, it's just – it's a month-to-month kind of a thing. It's like all right, relative to January relative to December – Mm-hmm. Um, if you take, you know, 44 from 50, that's six. It's 12 percent uh, less inventory in January, and it's not cumulative, right? So it, you're okay. not going to run out. It's it's not cumulative, but we are on a trend of, as, you, as you said, of 26 months where customer inventories are too low, and I'm just looking at my other charts here. The last time it was directly at the 50 point was November of 2011. And so there's been a tendency on the part of, of customers broadly to carry lean inventories, just like factories uh, have been learning to be more nimble and carry less inventories and put more of that responsibility onto their suppliers to keep inventories and then be able to make, you know, quick deliveries. So it's mm-hmm. not surprising at all that there's been a tendency to be below 50 on purpose. In the case of January 44, in both inventories, you know, is quite low and, uh, you know, lower than, probably anybody would would really like in the case of customer inventories just to summarize that does represent some pent-up demand that we'll see sort of play out in the next couple of months and i noticed that uh, prices are moving up here we're now at 60.5 over a 53.5 in december and I've, i've actually been kind of watching i think everybody's kind of watching you know prices at the grocery store we see the sure. cost of, of milk and butter and eggs and, and bacon rising, and I've been waiting for manufacturers to begin to pass on the, the rising costs yeah. they're getting from their suppliers. Is that what we're seeing in the 60.5? Uh, I was at the grocery store the other day, and I noticed uh, the dough was rising as well. Uh, okay. Sorry about that. 
No, 60.5 in January is, to me, a very normal kind of a thing. Uh, hmm. You know, being in the procurement business for the past 20 years, the first few months of the year is when suppliers come in and lock down new contracts in the negotiation for for the year ahead, if you will. So we, we generally, and you'll see patterns uh, over the years of price increases uh, to this degree in January, February, March, and then it'll sort of cool down. But this is very normal, very nominal, and to me is uh, is no concern whatsoever. Well, I, I, you know, one of the things that we've appreciated on the show is your purchasing manager's expertise. I mean, you did that for 20 years, so you're able to share some insights from you know that part of the industry. Right. That's been really helpful. Uh, the backlog of orders uh, seems to now have dipped below uh, 50, uh, so it looks like they're catching up on what they've got in-house. With uh, the new orders dropping, do we see them, uh, I should say, do we see new orders uh, uh, dropping short here soon, yep. or do you think there's going to be a pickup? Well, I'll, I'll refer to, um, yes, backlog of orders is, is contracting uh, from from last month. It was 51.5, now it's 48, so it's, it's contracting. And that means that, you know, production has been sort of chewing into the backlog of orders because of, you know, you know, relatively lower new orders. Okay. And, and everyone knows that, you know, keeping production sort of steady and level relative to employment and other assets is kind of the name of the game. And that, right. that's what the backlog is for. You know, it's a good thing. Uh, but backlogs are managed as well. They're prioritized so that you're not, you know, you're not, uh, not delivering to, that's a double negative. You're not, not delivering to your best customers. You're managing your backlog. It's there for exactly that purpose to level, uh, production. And, uh, two points below 50 is, um, it, it's certainly, you know, a great place for it to be. Oh, it's interesting that uh, that you would feel that that's a net positive. Well, it's not. A, it's not a negative. Let me put it that way. So it's close to fifty plus or minus. Uh, if it starts to go, you know, much lower into the, you know, low forties, then we have to go back and look at new orders, and we would we would draw some inferences. Uh, between the level of new orders and uh, the level of, of backlog and also tie in, you know, production and uh, get some ideas of, what, of what's going on there. Okay, Brad, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this question, but uh, All Metals and Forge Group is in the primary metals industry and the fabricated metals industry. And we've right. uh, they, they've been pretty quiet here for about 90 days in terms of uh, new orders coming in, uh, and they're chewing into their backlog. Um, the metals industry as a whole seems to be a little slow at the moment. And when we talk uh, about that, I know they've been speaking with their customers, and their customers say, are saying we're not seeing the orders. Any sense as to why that is in metals? 
Uh, you know, actually, as as I look at our report mm-hmm. uh, and the list the list of industries which are growing, uh, this this actually is quite the opposite of what what you just uh, you know talked about. Primary mm-hmm. metals is on top of the list of our industries reporting growth, and we report eight industries growing out of 18. Primary metals is listed number one, which means that it is showing more growth than, you know, the next industry, which is electrical equipment and, and so on. So that, that's, that's kind of an interesting, uh, you know, short, short-term contradiction, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, and, and this could be a timing issue as well, in the same paragraph of new orders, we report seven industries decreasing new orders in January, and on the bottom of that list is fabricated metal products. Right? So right. we've swung from primary metals growing the fastest to fabricated metal products declining the most. And uh, it'll be something that, uh, you know, you all will be very, very interested to to watch over the next few months as we go forward and focusing on your particular industry. Right. And that's uh, quite kind of interesting to do with with the report that you generate is to watch uh, the, the particular industry that our listeners may be in and get a feel for, you know, how are they doing relative to other industries and, and whether or not uh, they're tracking with the uh, ISM uh, PMI. And before we get into exports and imports, we're going to take a quick commercial break here. All Metals and Forge Group, an ISO 9001 and AS9100 registered company, provides manufacturing and industrial companies with quick price and delivery quotes and clean quality forgings for their parts. Anything from aircraft engines and landing gears to gear blanks and downhole shafts, hubs or subs, you name it, they do it. Simply go to steelforge.com to learn more. Or send us your RFQ for any open die forgings or seamless rolled rings, anywhere from 20 pounds to over 80,000 pounds. Steelforge.com. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. And again, we're talking with Brad Holcomb from the Institute for Supply Management, which is a not-for-profit educational association that serves more than 40,000 supply management professionals with more than 150 affiliates in 90 countries. ISM's mission is to enhance the value and performance of procurement and supply chain management practitioners and their organizations worldwide. They do this through a combination of education, research, standards of excellence, and information dissemination, including the renowned ISM report on business. ISM, in conjunction with the W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State, 
established CAPS Research to provide industry-oriented research on a variety of topics. ISM Services offers global procurement consulting through ADR North America and ADR China. Lots of reasons to visit their website at ism.ws. That's ism.ws. All right, let's pick it up where we left off here. Uh, interesting uh, statistic there, uh, guys, that uh, that uh, primary metals are hot and uh, and the other category, fabricated metals, are cold here. I, that seems like a complete contradiction in terms here. I, how can you how can you uh, do one without the other here? <laughs> it's always well, fascinating to dig into these reports um, with Brad, and, and we certainly appreciate him giving us insight. On, on what's happening. Um, Brad, why don't we touch on exports for just a moment? And what's, I mean, that still seems to be pretty strong. Uh, yes. Um, exports refers to uh, new export orders, uh, largely of finished goods from our factories. And we have uh, eight industries reporting growth in new export orders and uh, they're listed in our report, and among the list is fabricated metal products. We don't break out the the, uh, proportion of export orders relative to new orders, uh, but it does provide some insights into, you know, how much is, is relative to export for your industry how much is relative to, to domestic activity. And so we've got eight industries reporting growth. We've got only two industries reporting a decrease in export orders, and that's uh, plastic and rubber products and paper products, and eight industries reporting no change uh, from January compared to December. So it's at a good level. Uh, 54.5, uh, essentially a wash from, from last month, 55, uh, exports growing overall for 14 consecutive months. And uh, imports also seem to be uh, still above 50, still strong. Uh, give us your, uh, your report yep. on uh, that, please. Yeah, 53.5 uh, down in terms of a rate, one and a half percent, but still nicely over 50 for 12 consecutive months. It represents imports of raw materials and perhaps subassemblies uh, to some degree. So between the two, uh, the imports and the exports, we see some good, uh, you know, good level of activity, you know, flowing back and forth uh, internationally. And I also noticed in the report that it says, you know, the, the January 51.3% corresponds to a 2.7% increase in real gross domestic product. You know, in the United States, if we achieved, and I don't know what we achieved last year, but if we achieved 2.7, I think we'd be doing pretty well. That's a good point. And, you know, there are various estimates still of, of 2013, and I've heard you know, from 2.7 to to 4%, and I'm not sure where it's settled out. Okay. But, again, we we re-correlate in January. Uh, We develop our seasonals, and we do regression analyses 
against various uh, other government statistics from the Bureau of Labor, Labor for example, uh, factory output, uh, and so on. And uh, then we look at uh, the PMI relative to GDP, and the crossover point is fixed at 43.2 this time, and that will remain constant for the year. So anything above in the PMI, anything above 43.2 represents growth in the overall economy. Hmm. And at 51.3, it corresponds to a 2.7% increase in real gross domestic product. And as we go along throughout the year, I will comment on uh, both the individual month and sort of the year-to-date picture and present those numbers uh, that we uh, we draw from our correlation tables. Okay. So, you know, at the top of the hour, we talked about uh, 56.5 in December dropping to 51.3. I feel reasonably reassured that uh, we shouldn't be slitting our wrists here. This is still pretty positive news uh, on a monthly move. Is that right, Brad? No, I agree with you 100%. I think the first thing that people should look at is, is it above 50? Um, And then look at other things, you know, percentage change. So being above 50 is really a good thing. It's growth. Uh, it's just, uh, in this case, growing slower than last month. Okay. Well, that's that's still a, a solid number. I know that certainly All Metals and Forge Group watches it for being over 50, and um, they were concerned uh, that this drop, uh, you know, it's kind of like the stock market. If it looks like it's headed south, it could be headed south badly. I, I'm not sure that that's the case with the ISM. It seems to trend more slowly. Is that probably accurate? Um, yeah, I would I would say that's, that's accurate. Um, but I think what I would say from my own you know, thought process is go watch month to month, certainly, but also watch trends in our data, and it will indicate uh, both the direction and the degree of change uh, over time. So uh, I often you'll know, hear comments of people that are just sort of in the learning mode of, oh my gosh, 51.3, it's down 5.2 percentage points from last month. Yeah, but what does that mean, right? 51.3 mm-hmm. still means growth. Well, that's great, and that's uh, why we really appreciate having you on the show, Brad. Uh, Again, for our listeners, we're talking with Brad Holcomb, who's the chair of the Institute of Supply Management Manufacturing Business Survey Committee, going over the Purchasing Managers Index report that comes out the first business day of every month. And often you hear the number on the news, but it's just, you know, the the ISM number today was 51.3. But they don't spend a lot of time helping us understand what that means. And we're grateful to have you on the show, Brad, to go into real depth on this number for our listeners. Well, I really appreciate uh, having the opportunity to talk about this report. And uh, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Well, thank you very much. And we 
We certainly also appreciate uh, All Metals and Forge Group being our sponsor. Uh, they, they, because they're in the manufacturing industry, this is all meaningful conversation uh, for them and for uh, all of their brethren in that industry. Uh, next show, uh, we will have uh, Chris Rollo of TD Bank. So we're going to have a banker on the show, and we'll get into kind of the world of finance and business to business. So we all look forward to that. Uh, again, thank you, Brad, for being on Manufacturing Talk Radio today. My pleasure. Thank you. And I think that wraps up our show for today. We look forward to any of you who listen next week. Again, if you'd like to send in a comment, you can send it to live at MFG Talk Radio. You can find our website at mfgtalkradio.com. And you can find our sponsor's website at steelforge.com. For anyone who wants to put in an inquiry for an open die forging or a seamless rolled ring, simply go to steelforge.com or give them a call at 973-276-5000. Again, that's 973-276-5000. And that's a wrap for Manufacturing Talk Radio Today. You've been listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises to manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.